What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the New Vision Life podcast. If we haven't had the opportunity to meet before, my name is Dalton Barrett. I serve as the student ministry associate over at New Vision's Buchanan campus, uh, and I'm just really excited that you have chosen to listen to this. Uh, You could be doing anything in the world, and you've chosen to sit down and go through Scripture with us, and I'm really excited that you chose to do that. So last time we were together, we uh, wrapped up the book of 1 Samuel, and now today we're going to be beginning the book of 2 Samuel. So 2 2 Samuel uh, chapter 1, verse 1 is where we're going to be picking up here. I'm going to be reading from the CSB, so let's jump into it. Verse 1 says, After the death of Saul... David returned from defeating the Amalekites and stayed at Ziklag for two days. On the third day, a man with torn clothes and dust on his head came from Saul's camp. When he came to David, he fell to the ground and paid homage. David asked him, Where have you come from? He replied to him, I've escaped from the Israelite camp. What was the outcome? Tell me, David asked him. The troops fled from the battle, he answered. Many of the troops have fallen and are dead. Also Saul and his son Jonathan were dead. David asked the young man who had brought him the report, How do you know Saul and his son Jonathan are dead? He said, I happen to be on Mount Gilboa. He replied, and there Saul was leaning on his spear, and at that very moment the chariots and the cavalry were closing in on him. When he had turned around and saw me, he called out to me, so I answered, I'm at your service. He asked me, Who are you? And I told him, I'm an Amalekite. And then he begged me to stand over me and kill me, for I'm mortally wounded but my life still lingers. So I stood over him and I killed him because I knew that after he had fallen, he couldn't survive. Took the crown that was on his head and the armband that was on his arm and I brought them here to my Lord. Then David took a hold of his clothes and tore them and all the men with him did the same. They mourned, they wept, they fasted until the evening for those who died by the sword. For Saul, his son Jonathan, the Lord's people and the house of Israel. David inquired of the young man who had brought him the report, Where are you from? He said, I'm the son of a resident alien. I'm an Amalekite. David questioned him, How is it that you are not afraid to lift your hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? Then David summoned one of his servants and said, Come here and kill him. The servant struck him and he died. For David had said to the Amalekite, Your blood is on your own head, because of your own mouth testified against you by saying, I killed the Lord's anointed. David sang the following lament for Saul and his son Jonathan. And he ordered that the Judites be taught the song of the bow. It's written in the book of Yeshur. So for just a few minutes, I want to kind of talk about this. I know I I skipped the song here, but I'm going to talk about it a little bit as we go. What we see here at the end of 1 Samuel uh, is Saul at the end of the line. He's trapped, he's cornered, and he asked his servant to kill him, and when his servant won't kill him, Saul falls on his own sword, and he kills himself, or so we think, as that uh, as that book comes to a close. In the hustle of the battle, uh, a, a war prisoner, an Amalekite war prisoner, he's a prisoner of war for the Israelites. They've captured him, and that they're battling the the Israelites. He escapes, and he finds Saul and Saul's son on 
the battlefield. However, unlike the ending of 1 Samuel, which accounts the same story, Saul isn't actually, uh, he's not actually dead yet. He's still alive, and he begs this prisoner, uh, this enemy, right? Because the Amalekites were actually the group that the Israelites were fighting at that time in this battle. He finds out that Saul is still alive, and once again, Saul begs him to put him out of his misery, which this Amalekite individual, which this prisoner does. When the prisoner goes to tell David about this, David being uh, a famous famous soldier in the war, being a famous soldier in the various battles that the Israelites have had against the Amalekites, so he goes directly to David to tell David about this. Um, And when he does, it upsets David. It upsets David to the point where David has this prisoner, has this this enemy executed. The story can, can seem kind of shocking and it can seem very, very different. And I think our default na- nature is to, to side with the, the prisoner here. I think our default nature uh, when we read this, at least for me, when I read this uh, recently, um, I think my nature was honestly to side with the, the Amalekite. Because this story is so shocking. I mean, I mean, Saul was David's enemy. We like David as we're reading through this story. David is a is a captivating person. He 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 brings you in. The Bible says that he's a man after God's own heart. So like we think we're supposed to be siding with David. And ultimately we we do wind up siding with David in the way I think this story is supposed to be taken. But Saul has done some really nasty and some really mean stuff to David. Saul was a bad guy, and he deserved what happened to him. I mean, honestly, he deserved death. He tried to have David executed several times and in several different ways. But David views this from a completely different perspective. David views this differently than we view this. David views this uh, in a way that is is honestly a way I wish I could think on a regular basis. But his perspective is just different. Despite his challenges in working with Saul... He has, a, he has a really deep respect for him. He has a really deep respect for Saul, not only as a mentor in his early life, but also for leading the nation of Israel, for leading God's people. But most importantly, because God intentionally set Saul apart and, as David says, anointed him to become king in the first place. And not only to become king, but to become Israel's first king, to be the first king, other than God, of course, to lead God's people. God intentionally and on purpose set Paul, or set Saul rather, apart. And in the song that David writes about Saul and his son Jonathan, uh, who was David's one of David's closest friends in the time that he was growing up, who both died in this battle, he speaks nothing but positive things about the two men. He speaks nothing but positive things about Saul, a man who uh, honestly was a threat to David, not only a threat to David in terms of what he was able to do as a military power, but a threat to David in when he was he was the only thing standing in the way of David and the throne that God had promised him, but he, he still, in his song, he speaks nothing but positive things. Why? Because David had respect for God's work in setting Paul apart, or Saul apart. He had, he had a deep respect for Saul's authority because he knew that Saul's authority was given to him by God. Despite Saul's shortcomings, David understood that Saul's issues and his personal attacks on David's life were not David's or anyone else's, for that matter, to judge but that God would deal with Saul in whatever way he deemed fit. 
This really lets us get a glimpse of the strength of David's faith, of David's relationship with God. He understands better than most and way better than me that what's best is not based off of what's best for us right now. And what's best is not based on uh, what we do. And what's best is not based on what we can see. What's best is based off of God's authority, not ours. What's best is based off of what God wants to do in our life, not what we want to happen. And so if God chose in his, in his wisdom to set Saul apart, well, then David respects that, and we should respect that too. And I think what we can really learn from this is, is how to view things from a different perspective. Sometimes we have to change our perspective to really understand these stories. And I think what's so fascinating to me is as I'm reading through this story, not for the first time, but for the first time in a while, but as I'm, as I'm reading through this story and I get to this point, it's so shocking that David kills this prisoner. It's so shocking that David kills this Amalekite. But then when you really dig into it, it wasn't based off of who Saul was. It wasn't based off of David's current circumstances or situation. It wasn't based off of uh, Dave, even strictly David's respect for Saul. It wasn't based off of any of that. What David quotes here as the reason is because this person, this prisoner, this Amalekite, in killing Saul, was operating outside of God's plan. He was operating outside of what God had set apart. God had set Saul apart, and this Amalekite took it upon himself to put an end to Saul's life. And ultimately, that's not how David wants to run his kingdom, because it's now at this point his kingdom. He's just inherited it. It's not how David wants to run things. And I really think it's a powerful message about how we need to put God as the ultimate authority in our life and understand that even the bad things in our life, as long as they're from God and as long as they're part of that plan, are something that we have to respect, whether we like it or not, whether it's what we feel is best for us or not. Sometimes God puts things in our path and sometimes God makes decisions that are based off of his authority and not ours. And I really think that that's something I need to be learning in this moment. And I really kind of hope that it's something that you can take away from this as well. Thank you guys for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. As always, we hope that you heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk and reflect Christ in your everyday steps. To find out more information about New Vision, you can go to newvisionlife.com or follow us on Instagram at newvisionlife. Again, we're for you, we love you, and we look forward to seeing you back here on Monday.